Hey, South Bend City Church, Mariah here, the Director of Art and Worship. Today, we continue on in our Lent series, and during this season, we're reflecting on the ways that life often calls us to let go. To be honest, sometimes letting go of these things can feel a bit like loss or dying, but that's why Lent is a good time for this reflection. We're on our way to Good Friday and Easter, remembering Jesus' death and resurrection, knowing that he walks with us in those small deaths. Before we get to today's conversation, though, just wanted to keep you updated on a few things happening in the life of our community. First of all, if you live locally here in the South Bend area and consider yourself to be new to our community, we've got another new to South Bend City Church table happening on April 2nd, right after our 11 a.m. gathering. If you're in the area and want to join us, make sure that you RSVP because we will have lunch available. The link for that is in the show notes below. We would love for you to join us to learn a little bit about who we are and how we do church, get a chance to meet some of the staff and some other people that call South Bend City Church home. The second thing I want to keep in front of you is that we've got a Good Friday gathering happening on Good Friday, April 7th at noon. It'll be a 30-minute gathering, and as much as we love your kids, we will not be providing childcare or kids ministry that day. They're more than welcome to join us in the gathering, but wanted to give you a heads up about that. And we've been getting some questions about our Easter gathering times, and those are actually going to be our typical Sunday gatherings. So Easter Sunday, we would love for you to join us, if you can, in person at Studebaker 112 at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Finally, just wanted to remind you that if you consider South Bend City Church to be home and you want to give financially, you can do so by heading to the link in the show notes below. It's through your generosity and the generosity of all those who give of their finances and their time that we're able to do what we do. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. At the end of today's gathering, we're going to enter into the practice of Eucharist together. If you would like to join us, we just want you to know that as long as you want to be at the table with Jesus, you are welcome at the table with Jesus. And so if you want to join us, just make sure to have some form of cracker or bread and some form of juice or wine. And when we get there, just know that as Beth says the words, this is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. She's saying that over you as well. All right. Like I said, we're continuing on in our Lent series, and we actually asked some community members to share their stories of letting go. And one that we wanted to share with all of you is from a couple in our community who has been with us since the very beginning. John and Lynn Peisker were vulnerable enough and brave enough and kind enough to share their stories of love, loss, and faith over the course of a lifetime. All right, let's join in with the rest of our community now. Good morning. Good morning. That was really beautiful. Thank you, Zach and Mariah, for leading us through that time. Um, My name is Beth, and I'm a volunteer here, and outside of my volunteer time here at the church, I'm a consultant and a storyteller, so I really geek out about story pieces, and um, just to let you know a little bit of where we're going this morning, we're going to hear the story of of two members of our community who've been with us for a long time, but before we get there, we're going to do the highlight reel, right? Like, my my family's been watching uh, Dear Edward and Shrinking. I don't know if we have any Dear Edward or Shrinking fans out here, but my favorite part of watching those shows is like that 30 second clip in the beginning that tells you where we're headed in the next like 35, 45, 55 minutes. And so that's what we're going to do here this morning. Just talk a little bit about where we've been and where we're going. And then we're going to hear from um, two members of our community. So we are in a season of Lent and we're working our way towards Holy Week. And we've been walking through the Apostles' Creed together as a community over the last few months. The last two weeks, we got to this place in the Apostles' Creed where it reads, he, meaning Jesus, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. And last week we talked about the ways that we have been interpreting the meaning of the death of Jesus over the last 2,000 years. It was really interesting. For those of you who uh, missed last week, I would definitely encourage you to go back and listen to it. Some really interesting thoughts around how we've communicated this meaning. Um, And then we landed on this big idea, thanks to Father Richard Rohr, who says God loves things by becoming them. Meaning God loves humanity by becoming human through Jesus. God has gone all the way into the pain and the suffering and the joy of the human story through the life and death of Jesus and therefore with us too. So we don't have to avoid the painful parts of life of what it means to be human because God didn't avoid those painful parts either. God is in those painful parts with us. Uh, Last week, Jay said something that really struck a chord with me. He said, Jesus didn't just die so we don't have to. Jesus died to show us how to. Because the truth is, every single day, every week, uh, we have our own crosses to bear, right? We have our own difficult moments, difficult seasons, difficult experiences, our own crosses to bear, And we don't find God by avoiding those crosses. We actually find God by leaning into those crosses. Because God loves things by becoming them. God loves us by becoming one of us. And here's our reminder of God's love from 1 John 4, 9. This is how God showed God's love among us. God sent God's one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So this week, we're going to hear from a couple in our community who have had their own seasons of um, really good, joyful moments and hard losses. And I'd like to welcome John and Lynn Peisker to the stage. And as they join me, yeah, we can go ahead and clap for them. As they join me up here, I just want to share a couple words about Lynn and John. Lynn and John have been a steady part of our community since day one, like seven years ago. Um, They do a lot of work behind the scenes to support South Bend City Church in meaningful ways that will actually never make the headlines here. Uh, I know several of you have probably been a part of our community for almost that long as well, and you're like, John and Lynn who? You know? Because these guys do a lot of work behind the scenes. Uh, Lynn also volunteers her time full-time as a project management specialist here at South Bend City Church. And they've both been known to lean in and ask really thoughtful, challenging questions when it's mattered the most. So guys, thanks so much for being here this morning with us. We're really pleased to be here. Yeah. We're going to hear a little bit of your story, not only um, the highlights, not just your highlight reel, but also moments where you've had to um, experience your own crosses and where you've had to really lean in in faith. Uh, Before we dive into that, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what life looks like outside of South Bend City Church. Well, outside of church, uh, I love to build things, and I've been able to do that through my work. I work for a highway contractor, and we uh, build roads and bridges and pave pavements and runways across the whole state of Indiana. And uh, other other than work, it keeps me busy, and time we love to travel and spend time with family. Uh, you do some volunteering? Do some volunteering with, uh, I don't know if, ho- hopefully some of you are familiar with Cultivate Food Rescue here in town. Right around the corner, uh, actually. Right around the corner, yeah. awesome organization, feeding under-resourced and, and rescuing food at the same time, two really good sustainable activities. 
And then I also mentor a young man uh, through Transformation Ministries, a program called Iron Sharpens Iron, or ISI. And uh, Robert and I have been together for the last five years. And actually, interestingly, the connection to the ISI program was made through an invitation that happened here at, at South Bend City Church. That's awesome. So if you drove here on a freshly paved road this morning, you probably have John to thank. Yeah. But, but Yeah, but for the potholes, I can't help you unless you pay us. That's, that's <laughs> just the rules. Those are the rules. Lynn, how about you? Well, I'll start by telling you that John and I have been married for a really long time. Like, like my wedding dress was inspired by Princess Diana. <laughs> that gives you any clue. Yeah, we met in college at the University of Illinois. Illinois is a big part of our story. Um, we have a wonderful family. We have three grown children. Two of them are married. We have one grandson. This is our family. It was taken almost two years ago because you'll learn we don't get together a lot. We're pretty spread out. Um, our three kids and their spouses are some of our famous favorite humans on the planet. We're just really proud of how they show up in the world. And of course, Malcolm is our grandson. So cute. He, 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 this is new to us, this grandparenting thing. So those of you who told us, you were right. It's amazing. It's um, actually better than they told us. <laughs> yeah. And he lives really far away with his mom and dad in Vienna, Austria. He's looking at the horses right now, the famous Austrian horses in that picture. Professionally, I had kind of a non-traditional career path. I stayed home with kids for 15 years, loved every minute of it, and then went uh, to work pursuing what I had studied in college in the area of communications for nonprofits and education um, and small businesses that needed a little bit of help telling their story. Um, it had always been John's and my plan in retirement to serve with our gifts, and so I've been able to do that a little bit earlier than John has here at South Bend City Church because I need him to keep working to support my helping habit. Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of our story, and I yeah. uh, love what I do here, love the team that I get to work with. Yeah, one of my favorite things about Lynn is she actually has a podcast that she does with a friend called The Second Cup because it's all about like the second cup of coffee is really where you get to know someone. So Lynn's podcast episodes are short and easy to listen to, and I love to binge them when I'm on like, you know, driving to Indy for a hockey weekend or something with, for my boys. And um, a couple weeks ago, Lynn shared three never have I ever's or never will I ever's that were, I literally laughed out loud as I was listening to them because your, nev your three never will I ever's were... Yeah, it didn't really work out that way. So I'll never live in Indiana. <laughs> I'm an Illinois girl, sorry. Um, I'll never cheer for Notre Dame. <laughs> Again, Big Ten, right? We just didn't do that. But not only do I cheer for them, I ended up, once we moved here, going to school there, and I, I now actually am a domer, so that's a, <laughs> that's a problem. And then I'll never get a dog, so meet Poppy. This is sweet Poppy. So her never will I ever's came true. I'm sure a lot of you could say that too. Hey, speaking of a lot of you, we also just want to pause and acknowledge that, um, you know, as Lynn and John would say, their story is not special. Like we, we all probably would say that about our stories, that every single one of us sitting in this room could be up here this morning sharing about the crosses that we've had to bear, about the, the joy and the pain of seasons that um, we've had to do a lot of letting go. We've had to... Um, change our plans, um, we've had to grieve things. So we just want to acknowledge that 
um, all of you could be sitting up here sharing those stories too. And my hope, our hope, is that you find moments, pieces of Lynn and John's story where you can say, hey, me too. Like, I can so identify with that, even if you don't identify with their whole story. Um, so we just want to acknowledge that. Um, guys, why don't you tell me a little bit about just your faith story? You know, you didn't just show up at South Bend City Church and, and choose to be a part of our community. You had a faith story that started a long time ago. Yeah, for me, I remember being part of the faith community, a church ever since I was born. Uh, was grew up in the Lutheran church. My father was actually a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. I think I was a little disappointing to them when I didn't become a pastor. Uh, not really, but uh, maybe. They, uh, <laughs> maybe a little yeah, bit. Maybe a little bit. Uh, so I grew up in the church and uh, was part of a loving family and a loving community of believers. And I, I, I really don't discount that. I know that that isn't the experience of everyone. And, and uh, so I do hold on to that rich spiritual heritage very closely. And I, and I, love, I love that I have that. Uh, and I also acknowledge that uh, at, at, one, at one point, or not a point, but in, as, as I grew and matured, my faith grew and matured as well, which I'm thankful for. And at, at some point, it, become, it became sort of not my family's faith, not my church's faith, but it became my faith. And that's, that's where I am today and continue to grow in my faith. I certainly don't have all the, everything figured out, but, right. uh, but I have been thankful for a rich her spiritual heritage. Yeah. How about you, Lynn? Yeah, I, I similarly grew up in a loving family, which church every Sunday, and I loved all the churchy things. I grew up Roman Catholic and just found real meaning in that ritual. Um, at some point around college time, it became less of a religion to me and more of a relationship with Jesus, like understanding what it was to walk with him. And listen, we know the church has been messed up. I, our daughter wrote a dissertation on how it was messed up in the 1800s. It's, it's just the church for us has been a positive part of our lives. And, but we, we want to acknowledge that's not the case for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as we're uh, moving through this Lent season, we're talking about this whole idea of letting go and um, how God loves us by becoming us and experiencing the pain of humanity. You all have experienced your own seasons of pain and of loss um, starting early on in your life. I'd just love to hear a little bit. I know, John, you have a story about um, maybe the death of a dream early on in your life. If you could share that with us. Yeah, this I have to go back to high school for this one, which is for me a long time ago. Uh, and but it, but it was a, an impressionable period of time and an impressionable event that occurred, a change of plans. Uh, I was uh, I love sports, I love football in particular, and I was uh, good enough to be uh, recruited uh, for by some schools and was thinking that, boy, I would love to be able to continue this fun teamwork and working out and the exercise and, and just the, the camaraderie of, of sports and be able to do that in college, have it paid for. And that would have been significant not only for me, but also for my family because we didn't have a lot of means. And so it just would have been yeah. sort of transforming to be able to think about doing that. And, and you uh, say some schools, but tell us who your first acceptance or your first recruiting letter came from. Well, my first, the first letter that I got, which was in Mr. Adrian's senior, junior rhetoric class, came and they, they, somebody brought it from the office and gave it to me, and it was from Notre Dame. 
Yeah, so this is big time. Yeah, well, I think that, I think that things were different back then. You didn't have to be quite as big or fast or strong as, the, as you do today. This was in the day before. Uh, okay, enough with the downplaying. Right. <laughs> this was in the day before email and before uh, tweeting and social media. Right. So uh, I didn't have a chance to celebrate it too much other than the, the look of astonishment on my classmates' faces, which was pretty special. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So, uh, but then what happened was that my junior, between my junior and senior year, uh, I was injured, I broke a couple of vertebrae, and uh, it, was, it was an accident that happened, unfortunately, playing church softball, <laughs> not, not playing football or whatever, but what turned out to be was that through the therapy and through the uh, recovery that I experienced was that I had a congenital birth defect in my lower spine that could have caused significant damage had it been done on a football field. So uh, although that was a very dark time, uh, thinking about a dream that was lost or, a, or plans that had to change, uh, I was able to uh, see, looking back on it, I see a lot of you know, some, some things that changed that yeah. were good about that. But at the time, it seemed very dark. It seemed like a very dark spot. And what helped me through at that point was, was really my church family and, it, and my family who encouraged me and prayed for me and, and helped me feel like this is not the end of the world. It's, it's just not. Yeah. And so I was able to, in retrospect now, looking back at that, I see some really good things that happened because I got to choose where I went to school, what I studied, and where I studied was where I met Lynn. Yeah. And so there's some really positive things that have happened because it didn't work out. Yeah, it ended up working out really well. How long would you say did it take you to kind of get to that place where you were like, okay, this is for real, this is what it needs to be? Yeah, uh, I think years really. I mean, the, because, you're, because of the, how much I had put into it, how much right. I put into that, that, that hope, that dream of, of being able to play. I mean, even to the point of, you know, counting the, counting the dollars in my savings account, thinking, man, if I don't have to med spend this on college, I can buy a car, I can buy whatever it was that it was looking for. So right. it, it did, at the time, it seemed very dark, and in retrospect, it, it, it did take some time to get over that. Yeah, and those are really formative years, so to experience a loss like that. Just out of curiosity, like as you all think back over your own life and the losses that you've experienced, how many of you um, can say you've been shaped by a loss like in your teenage years? Yeah. I think there's a fair amount of us. You know, we talked about which stories are the stories that would um, get shared here today, and John was like, you know, I don't know about going back to this one, but I thought so many, I mean, as a, as a former athlete, as... Um, someone who had my own loss of dreams during that young adult season. Like, I think those are really meaningful, uh, meaningful defining moments that need to be talked about that feel funny in our 40s, 50s, and 60s, and yet they impacted our lives in some major ways. Um, yeah, Lynn, anything you would add to just early? I'll just add that, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we met. We, <laughs> we uh, got married pretty young and, and had a family, and so that's one thing I think about when I think about an unexpected change in plans. And it wasn't really, because when we had our kids, we planned to raise them, to launch them. We raised them to be who they were meant to be and to 
pursue their purpose in the world. And by golly, if they didn't do it. And so now they don't live anywhere close to us. And we have this darling grandson across the world. But that's a good thing. But I share that only to say that sometimes the things we plan uh, feel a little different when we get there. And maybe it feels a little bit like a loss, but it really is what you want. But it's just still a little bit hard. And they're our favorite people in the world to hang out with. And, yeah. and when we get to do that, we're really thankful. Our lives just look a little bit different than mine did growing up, where my grandma lived across the road from my great grandma. And every Sunday we had dinner. And yeah. it's just a little bit different. Yeah, I've heard Lynn say before, you know, we prepared to launch our kids. We just never anticipated that they would launch like rocket ships, right? Yeah, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you had uh, some major transition halfway through life that um, actually brought you to South Bend. Can you tell us a little bit about just that journey and what that was like for the two of you? Yeah, well, a, a job brought us to South Bend, and unfortunately it was because my previous company, the family that I had worked, was working for, construction company, they decided just to close the doors uh, not to sell to somebody else to go to provide an opportunity. I mean, I understand the business reasons behind what they did, but it, it did leave those of us that were working there suddenly a, a you know a, a necessary way to feed our families and and to put food on the table and to pay the bills it was suddenly closing. And the f good thing is one of the good things was that we did have some time to deal with that. They employed me through the end of the year to. Uh, close out some contracts and do some work for them. Uh, but it, and, and this was a company you'd worked for for 20 years and really saw the trajectory of your career. Like yeah, that's right. Them. Yeah, I, I sort of had looked at, looked at this, uh, that job as, uh, I don't know any reason why we wouldn't uh, retire from this job, you know, continue to do this work. It was work I really much enjoyed. Mm -hmm. It's a good family uh, and many good things about it. And I expected that that was kind of the way that we would finish out our career. And uh, I think that this, we, we kind of, we joked about it because we started to work on, well, what do we do next? And part of that, what do we do next, was Lynn's always helpful to me to be able to, you know, sort of work, or, organize the, the activities. And she, she put together something called employment bingo. And, <laughs> Employment bingo was like every day do something, do some, some activity, reach out to someone, uh, make a connection, look for, look for a, you know, in a certain, for jobs and certain reach out to talk to people. And so every day I was checking off on the bingo card and. Yeah, we cross things off because in the end you just need one job, right? Well, one day John came to me, I'll never forget this, and you go, well, there's this opportunity in South Bend, Indiana. You know my nevers. I said, well, we are not moving to South Bend, Indiana. I said it kind of mean like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, long story short, here we are. But we were deeply embedded in our community. We lived in East Central Illinois. I'm a farmer's daughter. We're connected to the land. Uh, I grew up there. My mom still lives in the house we moved to when I was three years old. Uh, we raised our kids in that community. This was a deep, deep connection to place. Yeah, for sure. And, and therefore, kind of a really dark spot to, to think about make, making a change. Um, you know, and for me, moving here was, um, we ultimately decided to move here, uh, had a, have had a great job. It's been a good, really good employer uh, here, and I've, I've been very, success, you know, very fortunate to be 
working for them, and it's a successful company. And uh, I, I think that the it was, it was a little bit simpler for me because I had work to move here. Right. Uh, you know, I had I had connections through work. I had coworkers. I had people that were uh, I was getting to know in the community and making introductions. For Lynn, it was a little bit tougher. Yeah, tell us about that, Lynn. Yeah, I was working remotely. It was even before COVID, but um, my company was, we were all kind of scattered around. And um, so I was working remotely. I was in my home. I didn't know anybody, literally no one. We didn't have kids or sports to go to. And I remember one day I said to John, like, well, I became obsessed with I was going to get hurt and no one would know. <laughs> so I said, what happens if I fall? And he said, well, you call me and I'll come and help you. And I said, but you, sometimes you're in your other office, which is an hour away. Well, he said, how bad are you hurt? I said, really bad. And he goes, well, then call an ambulance. So for like a month in my home, I carried my cell phone around because I thought, well, this, you know, this isn't going to go well. Slowly, we began to emerge from our cocoon and to connect with other people. It was literally about that time when we were attending a church where Jason announced that South Bend City Church was a dream that was beginning, and we could kind of become part of that. But prior to that, it was, it was yeah. kind of dark times. That's right. And that emergency contact thing is so real, right, for those of us who have made major transitions. I mean, when we first moved here four years ago, we actually listed Pastor Jason as our emergency contact, which those of you who know him, like that, you know, that's like both endearing and, and a good chuckle because, <laughs> because we were like, who is our emergency contact? Um, so it's, it's very real that you would obsess or think about something like that. Well, and I think, too, that uh, Lynn often refers to the fact that part of, part of her coming back to, you know, feeling grounded and feeling yeah. connected was because she watched you and Matt, mm. you know, assimilate into the community. Mm. Thanks. Well, I, I would also say, and I've shared this with you, um, in your defense, I think when, for those of us who make a transition when we still have... Um, kids under our roof or some kind of easy community on-ramp or connection, um, that's, a, that's an easier transition than when you're transitioning um, halfway through life for a job change and you don't know anyone around here. So I just acknowledge that that's... You, you actually have a saying about forever home. Can you tell us a little oh, bit about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen these shows on HGTV about your forever home? Forever home is fake news. Like, we don't know what's ahead. I had established this perfect home for us where we were before. Um, actually paid painters to come in and, like, picked color. You know, it was the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I just don't think that's right. And I think having walked through faith, through our lives, when this unexpected thing came, it didn't make it easy just because we had a faith in Jesus. Right. It did make it possible. Yeah. And we weren't alone in it. And so slowly we began to emerge. The analogy I use, are any of you gardeners or you grow pot house plants? So sometimes a, a plant will get like uh, root bound, right? And then you can tell because the plant doesn't look good. Like it's not happening. And so uh, maybe that was happening to me. I'd been in the same place so long that, but, but that process is really painful, right? Even for the plant, you take it out, you kind of tease out and you have to break the roots and it's like, you can almost feel the, the pain for the plant. And that was my situation. But eventually, you get into this new, new vessel and begin to thrive. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, uh, Southman City Church was part of that thriving for you all. Tell us a little bit about how you got here and why you stayed. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we've been, I think you mentioned at the beginning that we, we've been part of South Bend City Church since the experimental gathering. So when first the South Bend City, first, City Church first launched, uh, we attended the, the gatherings uh, that were going on and became part of the community. And as it grew and built, uh, you know, we were privileged to be able to be along for that. And it has been, a, you know, just a very strengthening, nourishing, nurturing experience. Uh, one of the things that I think brought us here, well, I mean, there are many things that, that brought us here, but one of the things that, that has kept us here has just been this con constant reiteration of a widening door, not a narrowing door. So those that want to come to Jesus, just like you mentioned, if Mariah mentioned for Eucharist, that if, you're, if you want to be at the table with Jesus, you're welcome at the table of mm -hmm. Jesus. And that's, that's been something that's really anchored us here. We came because we heard that this was a church that wanted to be uh, for the people in downtown South Bend. And what's kept us here is that that door of people has been a very diverse and welcoming un and complimentary group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we went to one of the first experimental gatherings, there was a speaker, a man by the name of Peter Rollins, and he shared something about the difference between a sports bar church and an Irish pub church, so hang with me. So we came from a lovely evangelical church where we were. I know that's not everyone's experience, but it was ours. But that was a situation where we were standing shoulder to shoulder, like you would at a sports bar, everybody looking at the same event. So you're shoulder to shoulder looking forward. But we were ready for something that welcomed doubts. We had some, some family members going through some times of doubt. That, that welcomed that, that wasn't afraid of doubt, that could ask the hard questions. And you do that in an Irish pub, right? You sit face to face like we are now, and, and knee to knee, and you ask each other questions, and you share that life process together. And that's something we were ready for. It was just right for our lives at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And can you tell us a little bit? I know um, you guys belong to a table group, and that group has been really meaningful to you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about just that experience? Because they're part of what's, what's kept you here, Yeah, right? absolutely. They've been, we've, we've been part of two different table groups, and both of them have been just what we needed at that time uh, to encourage us, to pray with us, to walk through life with us. And even in situation, our first table group was us and a bunch of really young people, which was kind of really fun. Because and you still keep in touch with them. We still keep in right. touch with all yeah. of them, and we're still friends with all of them. And even some of them that, that are no longer part of South Bend City Church moved away or whatever. Uh, but, uh, and the second group has been one that's been people that have been more our age and more our life experience. And we've just found, you know, great comfort in both of those experiences, not just comfort, but like encouragement and, and uh, stretching and people that we can walk through life together with. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great example, too, of sometimes when you're with people, you can give, you need, you're called upon to be helpful to them. Yeah. And other times they're called upon to be helpful to you. The, the folks that are in our table group now, any of them could be up here. They have stories of, of times when they've had to let go of things, when things have been dark, when they've had to walk with Jesus through the crosses in their lives, and, and they could tell those stories. This season, it happens to have been a story for us that they've been able to walk through with us. Yeah. 
If you're new to this community and you're wondering what in the world is a table group, table groups are the way we connect in smaller community outside of this gathering on weekends. Um, there's information on the website, but also if this uh, really piques your curiosity and you are a gatherer, I would say gather some friends and start a table group. Um, sometimes we wait to be invited into those experiences, but we don't always have to because we can initiate them as well. So you can find out more information or talk to us afterwards. Um, you guys are in a current season of some unexpected change and um, some loss and would just love to hear uh, what life looks like for you right now. Yeah, the, I think what primarily what you're referring to is um, for those of you that have noticed, I have a tremor in my left arm. And uh, those on the podcast can't see that, but, uh, it, but it, I noticed the tremor beginning last summer. And by last October, then I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease by a neurologist. And Parkinson's is a degenerative kind of uh, chronic progressive disease that affects the motor skills and the movements of an individual. And so right now it's kind of confined to my left hand and my left arm, and uh, which is irritating, but not, you know, certainly not life changing particularly, but I know that there's more coming. I know that, that, that I've seen the research and I've seen people and, and been around enough people to know that, you know, this is a, this is not a little thing mm -hmm. and it, it's a little bit of a dark spot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that, uh, one of the, some of the best advice we got was from a specialist in Chicago, and she said, learn about it, learn about the disease, know what you can do, do the treatment that you can do, and then just put it in the back of your mind. And that's what I'm trying to do the best I can. Uh, but I have to say that the, you know, the, the support that I've received from the church, our tables group in particular, from close friends who have been, been there for us, has just been just very, very encouraging and, and, and it's helping us to navigate this kind of change in plans. Because yeah. I had, you know, I think we were to the point now in, in life where, uh, I mean, I'm 62, we'll, we'll be 62 next month, and we're starting to talk about retirement and, you know, what that's going to look like. And surprise, it's not going to look like what we had planned. Uh, it's just not. It's, yeah. I don't know what the. I don't know what the. How quickly my disease will progress. I don't know exactly what form that's going to take. But I do know that, uh, you know, barring a miracle, uh, that that it's going to be much different than what I expected. What yeah. we expected. Yeah, Lynn. How about for you? What's this been like for you? Yeah. So that's a letting go, right? We've yeah. lived a long life of faith, but again, I say that doesn't make it easy. So uh, yeah, I hate this. I hate this for John. I'm mad about it. God and I are in a big fight right now. But yep. you know what? He can handle it. It's okay. And what, But one thing I'm not is I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. Because no matter what shape this takes, we've seen the faithfulness of Jesus to show up for us along the way in the hard times and in the joyful times. And we've also seen that committing to be a part of a faith community and giving our time and uh, resources to that. Also then, um, that, that's a reciprocal relationship. That's a mutual community. Um, that's very meaningful to us moving forward. Yeah. I, I've also heard you talk about, you know, when you received John's diagnosis, this was not the only thing going on in life for you, um, that you've had to grapple with much more. 
as well. Well, last yeah, that was October um, of last year. It was a, just a hard month. Our daughter um, does a lot of work in Ukraine, and she happened to be in Ukraine when the missiles started firing on the city she was in. And she was safe, and she told us she was safe and that she was in the good shelter. Um, so that, 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 there was that. But then also at that same time, um, our, a dear friend of ours that we've been friends with for 20 years or more um, entered end-of-life hospice care due yeah. to um, lung cancer. And, and we did lose Deb at the end of October, and that was just a devastating loss. Um, in addition to John's diagnosis. So things were coming pretty fast and furiously for us last fall. Yeah, they were. Um, John, tell us a little bit about what's kept you anchored in this season. Yeah, one of the things that has, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, that Lynn has kept me anchored, and I'm so thankful mm -hmm. for that. Um, I, I think that, that uh, our, uh, so I've, I've compared our marriage before to a project that I worked on, and that project was uh, we were constructing a new storm drain down a street and we tore up the old street and all the side streets and everything along with it. And it happened to be the intersection of Lynn and John was one of the, was one of the, one of the streets that we worked on. And what struck me about it was that it was two different pavement types. John Street was one pavement type and Lynn Street was designed to be uh, a different pavement type. They both served the, ultimately the same purpose of carrying traffic, and f but but the, the 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 Lynn Street was just a much more elegant uh, expression of that. So. <laughs> well, you uh, let's go back to that. For those of you who uh, geek out on pavement, um, you previously you said the the John Street was made out of what? What kind well, of? Well, John Street was made out of like concrete. A concrete pavement. Sturdy, dependable. Yeah. Right. Not going anywhere for a long time. No, that's right. And it was kind of the main thoroughfare through through the town. But the, the uh, Lynn Street was built with these permeable pavers. And so the idea was to allow the rainwater and the stormwater to kind of filter through the pavement and porous, letting things flow. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's the way it is. We've, got, the we've got them both in this household. So, you know, Lynn has certainly been part of, part of that rock for me. Yeah. Uh, our tables group has been, and I think that our, uh, our friends that we've developed over the years, long-term friends that, that have really stepped up and been part of our encouragement and working through it. The other thing is just our, our faith, and I go back to this and uh, one of the practices that I have is a daily devotional. And one of the verses that came across in the recent devotional was 2 Corinthians 4. And it says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And Paul is talking here about, he's, previous to this, he's talking about the jars, treasures in jars of clay and how fragile those are. Yep. Uh, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to things that are seen but to things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. Mm -hmm. And I take really good, a lot of comfort in that knowing that God has foreseen this and he's through Paul's words has given me and us and those of us that are walking through kind of a dark time, seeing our, our bodies kind of transitioning, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. Yeah. It harkens back to the first song that Mariah 
shared with us, you know, he makes beautiful things out of dust. Mm -hmm. And every, you know, things are being remade on mm -hmm. the inside. Doesn't mean it's easy, right? Doesn't mean that it's easy. As a matter of fact, it's hard and it's hurtful. But, it, but with God's help, we can get through it. Yeah, yeah. Lynn, how about for you as we round out our time here this morning? Like what's kept you anchored? And out of that, what encouragements do you have for us as a community? Yeah, I just, I think um, if, if church hasn't been something that has been important to you, if a relationship with Jesus is new to you, get curious about that. Um, because from our perspective, this long life with him in a faith community makes this tough stuff possible. When we first came here, I remember um, a verse was shared, and it kind of has really hooked me. Um, we spent last year a lot of time um, in the Sermon on the Mount through a series of, of sermons, but uh, Jesus goes on. He doesn't quit talking then. He goes on to talk in Matthew 11, and he's kind of really yelling at people. Like, he's getting the crowd fired up. He's got some lessons to teach. And then he pauses for a moment, and he prays, as Jesus often did. He goes to God directly, and it changes his tenor, and he becomes tender towards the crowd, and he says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's really beautiful. John, any other encouragements for us as a community? Well, I love that last verse, keep company with me. I, I just am struck by that right now. And I think that's, that's our anchor is Jesus. And how does that look? It looks a lot like the people around us. And so develop those people. Um, being involved in, in a church and being involved in a relationship or a community or even a friendship it involves reaching out, and, and that's something that I would encourage people to do is, you know, if you're wondering about Jesus, reach out, talk to somebody here uh, about him, mm. and develop those friendships, develop those relationships that you can go to that give you that grounded, that, that strength. Yeah, thanks. Guys, can we give John and Lynn a, a big round of applause as we thank them? Thanks so much, guys. We're going to take a few moments and, and make our way into the Eucharist, or what some of us refer to as communion. And Eucharist really just means thanksgiving. It's our way of giving thanks to God um, through God's uh, selfless love in the humanity of Jesus. I'm going to ask those who are serving to join me here on stage. And as they do, I want to remind you of this, that the love of God revealed in the body of Jesus and in our own humanity. This is what grounds us as we make our way towards Holy Week in this Lent season. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he shared a meal with his closest friends and his followers, no doubt sharing stories of love and life and loss like we've been sharing here today. Picking up the bread, he said to them, this is my body broken for you. 
take and eat it. Later in that same meal, Jesus took a cup and he held it before them. And he said, this is the cup of a new covenant, of a new promise forged in my blood, a promise of enduring, unending love of God. Take and drink deeply. In just a moment, I'll pray for these elements and serve those who will serve you. And once they're in their places at the corner of the room, as you're able and if your wish, you're free to go up and participate in the table as well. Remember, without restriction. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for this sacred meal you've given all of us without restriction. We express our love and our gratitude that by your wounds we are healed and by your blood we have life. May we taste the goodness of your gift in these elements today. May we know deeply how your love meets us in the joy and in the pain of our human experience, in the bright and dark moments of our lives. God, we give thanks for these elements as they represent the life of Jesus and the presence of God in full humanity. We thank you and we pray through Christ. And we all said, amen. If you can't make it to the table, um, just one word, please just raise your hand afterwards and we'll make sure that, you, that the elements come to you. our time together. If you're able, I ask that you would stand as we sing.
as we close today, may you know the love of God in shadows and the bright places. May you embrace the practice of following Jesus as a lifelong pursuit. May you enjoy the company and encouragement of fellow travelers through this life. And may a life full of surprises and changes of plans and crosses in our paths be made possible, even joyful, through love. Grace and peace be with you. Thank you.